Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Piki mai kake mai and hello. I'm Alison Balance and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National. We'd all like to be a little smarter. So what's the best way of maximising our cognitive function? and ensuring our brain is working to the best of its ability. Psychologist David Moreau at the University of Auckland has been developing something that he's hopeful will help school kids, especially ones who struggle in the classroom. A project that we started about three years ago, it's called the Moving Cog Initiative, uh, was intended to uh, give kids uh, in schools a little bit of a boost when it comes to their cognitive abilities. So the idea really was to uh, look at what we can do in terms of uh, brain health and brain function for those kids. Uh, what is it at the moment that we know works well and how we can implement those kinds of uh, interventions so as to make sure that we help those kids to the best that we can. So the way we go at it is with a combination of physical exercise and brain training. We know that physical exercise to date is probably the best way uh, to enhance brain health and, and from there uh, brain function. It's uh, one way that's been uh, shown to be reliable to create new neurons. But those new neurons that we've created, if we don't have any kind of purpose for them, if we don't have any use for them, then typically in about two weeks' time, the brain is going to get rid of them, right? And so the idea is that what we're trying to do is to maximize the chances that we're going to retain those neurons. The best way to do that is to stress the brain in a positive way or challenge the brain. And so to force it to learn something new, to use the extra resources that it has and make sure that we retain those newly formed neurons. We understand that the best thing we can do probably is to combine those two things together. What age kids are you working with? So at the moment, because of the, the design of the software and the design of the workout that we have in those schools, it's mostly kids between 7 and, and 15 years of age. On top of that, uh, one reason for trying to intervene early is also that we know that the brain is, is uh, plastic, is malleable, and it's more uh, plastic early on in life. Uh, so potentially we have a greater chance to change uh, something in terms of brain function for those kids if we intervene early on. So you've got these two interventions. You've got exercise, you have brain training. You've done a bit more work, I think, already with the exercise. So talk me through what you've been doing with the kids. What's the exercise program that you put them through? The typical workout that we're using is based on high-intensity exercise. And so what we're doing is that we're, we're just implementing an intervention that takes only 10 minutes per day in schools and doesn't require any kind of uh, fancy equipment or going to the gym or anything like that. It's just a, a video-based workout that can be done uh, in the classroom with a big screen. There is music with it so as to make it more enticing in this case. 
And the idea really is that we're asking those kids um, on short bursts of exercise to give 100% of what they've got. So what we do uh, in those schools is that we equip the kids with uh, little uh, fitness trackers, such as Fitbits, for example, um, so that we can make sure that based on their resting heart rate, and the target range that we've defined that they're actually doing what they're supposed to do, right? So if they don't give 100% on that workout, we can actually see that and we can see to what extent it affects their improvements. So they do this for how many weeks? So they do this for uh, six weeks uh, in the program that we implemented previously. And what we see after the six weeks is that we have um, subtle but reliable improvements in terms of uh, two cognitive abilities, working memory and cognitive control. And so working memory is our ability to maintain information in memory and manipulate that to you know, uh, come to uh, make the best decision we can on, on the spot. And cognitive control is our ability to maintain our attention uh, on a particular subject or topic or, or activity that we're performing at the time. So those two uh, cognitive abilities are very, very important for a lot of things that we do in everyday life. We also know that they are fairly highly correlated with uh, things like academic achievement, with success in the workplace. So for us, it's very important to be able to uh, move the needle a little bit in those cognitive abilities because we've known for quite a while that this is kind of difficult to do. Do you know what's actually going on in the brain as a result of that exercise? With exercise, what we typically see is that we can increase uh, that production of new nerves, new brain cells, uh, by a hundredfold. That's very important here because we can take a natural process and by making sure that those kids exercise as they should, we can multiply that effect. And what we see is that in just six weeks, those kids are also getting a little bit healthier, which in terms of resting heart rate and blood pressure means a decrease. We're making the whole body a little bit better, and, and by the same token, we're actually influencing the brain and, and getting to those kinds of cognitive gains. Well, this sounds really positive, but you've mentioned that you've got brain training going on as well, so in a sense you're trying to capitalise on all those new neurons and get them working and useful so they don't get pruned out. That's absolutely right. So if there's one thing that we know is that um, with exercise and that creation of new neurons that I just mentioned, um, if we have no use or no purpose for those new neurons, uh, what the brain typically does is, is that uh, it gets rid of them, right? So where brain training comes in is that with some kind of learning that's challenging for the brain, stressing the brain in a positive way, we can make sure that uh, the large majority of those neurons um, are retained by the brain because they are needed at that point. Obviously, the combination of the two here is, is key uh, in a way because uh, one without the other doesn't quite unleash the full potential that we have. But when we combine the two, really, we can make sure that we create nerves and we really prepare the foundations, prepare the ground for um, a great learning that comes on top of this and then you know, use brain training to actually uh, develop those cognitive abilities, especially in kids who have some kind of weakness or, or difficulties with some of those abilities. So how do you go about doing the brain training side of this? 
So what we've done is that we've spent about uh, almost a year uh, working with professional game designers here in Auckland to develop a software that is both appealing to the kids, so that they really are motivated to to play with that a little bit every day, uh, but also has some fundamental value in, in developing those core cognitive abilities that we want to target. So the way we go about it um, is that we have a mini world with, with a planet uh, that initial, initially is very grayish and, and, and dusty uh, with lots of rocks floating around. And we have a, a bunch of mini games on the right-hand side that develop different kinds of cognitive abilities. And so the idea really is that um, kids are going to be uh, playing those games and eventually as they get better and better, their planet is going to beautify, it's going to get uh, more and more pretty in this case with uh, oceans and, and flowers and, and trees. And this, in a way, is implicit feedback about where they're performing well uh, and where they might need a little bit more work. Okay, so you better play it for me. All right, so here the idea is that we have a game that targets working memories or our ability to maintain information in mind at a given point in time. And so what we're going to have in a minute is just numbers that are going to, that we're going to hear. My, my goal here is just to add the last two numbers that I've heard. So let's give it a shot. Six. Here I got five and six, so the answer is 11. Six again, so that's 12 now. Six. Six again, so that's 12. Well done. Level up. The training is what we call adaptive, which means that if I do really well, it's going to become more and more difficult. And if I don't do so well, it's going to either stay at my current level or potentially make it a little bit easier. And the whole idea is that we need to stay at that, that sweet spot where we are challenging the brain, but in a way that we can overcome. And it's very important for those kids, if, if we're challenging the brain, but it's something that's too difficult to do, then most of the time we see no improvements, we see um, decreases in terms of motivation, and, and a whole bunch of other things like these. Um, so it's very important to stay right there, right where they can actually improve, and it's a bit difficult, they need to pay attention, but not to the point that they get discouraged. Can we just pop back to the menu? So you say that one concentrated on working memory what are some of the other factors that you're looking at so basically we've divided those cognitive abilities uh, into three groups one of them is thinking so that includes working memory uh, but it also includes uh, things like attention spatial awareness uh, visual processing and processing speed but we also have cognitive abilities that are going to be important for language and for numeracy as well, so that we can also target kids who have difficulties with those, uh, those abilities, such as kids with dyslexia or the uh, mathematical counterpart of dyslexia, dyscalculia. So we have things like uh, cleanup crew, for example, that's targeting visual processing in this case, visual attention, where here the idea is to uh, maintain my attention and focus on uh, one little spaceship that I have and try to pick up some of those objects that I have floating around and at the same time I need to uh, use that shield that I have to avoid objects that I shouldn't touch. 
here we go. I just um, uh, lost my spaceship because I just bumped into an asteroid. And so even though I center my attention on one particular thing, I still need to make sure that I'm aware of my surroundings, um, that I can divide my attention a little bit so that I can make the best decisions in this case. So I'm very impressed with it as a computer game, which is clearly working at two levels, so it's just straight entertaining for the kids, but also is giving you some quite deep information about how their brain is working and what kind of results have you been seeing? Have you done any analysis on this yet? We're still running trials, but what we're seeing at the moment is that we have some interesting gains in all those cognitive abilities. Kids who are are not performing as well initially, um, at least via the physical exercise uh, program, they seem to be the ones who are benefiting the most from the, the workouts. So it seems to be the case that by implementing this kind of intervention, we're closing the gaps uh, a little bit, and that's very encouraging to us. Um, what's really interesting for us as well uh, as scientists that we can see um, those changes on a day-to-day basis. We can see um, uh, how the kids are improving um, and what kind of learning curve we have. So if they plateau at some point or if they keep learning, and for what we see, most of the time learning is not linear. So we go through some of those plateaus. And so better understanding what happens at those times is, is something that's very interesting and a bit of, of more fine-grained analysis than just looking at changes from before to after. So this is all about getting a better understanding of what it is that's going on under the hood uh, in those kids' brains so as to make sure that, that we can maximise their chances to learn. Thanks, David. David Moreau is at the University of Auckland. He says that as part of this research, he and his colleagues have also looked at the genes known to be associated with brain-derived neurotrophic factor. This is a protein that helps neurons in our brains grow. Low levels of it are associated with lower cognitive function, and the good news was that it was these kids that saw the most benefit from the high-intensity exercise. David hopes that in future it'll be possible to assess an individual's genetic makeup along with their cognition and their physiology. Then, based on all of those, prescribe the exact mix of exercise and brain training that will benefit them the most. A personalised brain boost for the kids who most need it. Later this year, when all the evidence is in, the plan is to make the Move and Cog exercise and brain training programme for schools freely available online. David says they'd like to expand their work with evidence-based brain training and exercise to target older people who are experiencing cognitive declines and are perhaps struggling with memory and making decisions. In the meantime, he has some good news for the rest of us who are wondering if brain training is something we should all be doing. Oftentimes, a lot of what we do in our everyday life is uh, stimulating and challenging. And so challenge uh, doesn't have to come from a software, uh, and it doesn't have to come from a brain training game. But for a lot of people, the cognitive challenge of life in and of itself is enough to serve as um, a bit of a training or a bit of an intervention in and of itself. Well, that's great news. Thanks, David. And my take-home message from all of this is that the best thing I can do with my brain is to keep exercising. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 7th of June, 2018. 
If you head to rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld, you'll find our webpage, which is full of audio, features and useful links. You can also sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. We are available as a podcast in all the usual places. And if you've got a moment to rate and review us on your favourite podcast app, that would be fantastic. If you've already done it, then thanks heaps. The RNZ Sex Podcast, Bang, is back with a new series. Check it out if you haven't already. You can always stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We are RNZ Science. Thanks heaps for your company and for listening to the very end. Bye for now. Ka kite anō.